Welcome to the third edition of HGF's Fashionably IP podcast. My name's Rebecca Field. I'm a Chartered Trademark Attorney at IP law firm HGF, and I'm joined by my colleague Lee Curtis, also a Chartered Trademark Attorney at HGF. Hello. As you know, the Fashionably IP podcast has been developed from the success of the Fashion and IP LinkedIn group, which is run by us and now has over 11,000 members, including many of the leading IP council across the world, both in-house and in private practice. This podcast series will find inspiration from the subjects commented on in that group. If you're not a member of the Fashion and IP LinkedIn group, please find it on LinkedIn and apply to join. To be clear, this podcast is not legal advice, and if you have any queries on the points we raise, please contact us directly at either rfield at hgf.com or alcurtis at hgf.com. In our last podcast, we discussed the protection of colour in the world of fashion, and in this podcast, we will discuss the problem of protecting trademarks when they are the fashion product itself. However, To start off, we thought we'd firstly tell you a bit about HGF again. So, HGF. Well, HGF is one of the leading IP firms in Europe. We have offices in the UK, the Republic of Ireland, the Netherlands, France, Germany, Austria and Switzerland. We manage the IP portfolios of many of the world's leading companies and can do all things IP, whether that is clearing your IP, registering your IP or enforcing your IP. Now back to fashion. So in this podcast, we are going to talk about the thorny issue of protecting trademarks when they are the fashion product itself. What do I mean when I talk about a fashion product becoming a brand itself? Well, think about the Louis Vuitton checkerboard textile design. People buy the checkerboard design as a product itself, for example, on a suitcase or a handbag, but also it arguably acts as a brand. Also, arguably, it has been argued that the Christian Louboutin Red Soul also has that dual function, in one sense the product and in another sense a brand. The fashion market, given its nature and the products sold within this sector, often has a high design element and tends to have brands of this nature. Why is this such a difficult issue when discussing trademark protection, Lee? Well, if you think about uh, most trademarks, they are separate from the product itself. They have been applied to the product. They are not the product itself. The vast majority of trademarks are conventional signs, such as a word or a logo. In the world of fashion, that would be word marks such as Chanel or Gucci or their associated logos. European trademark case law, and by definition UK trademark case law even post-Brexit, holds that the primary function of a trademark is to differentiate one undertaking from another undertaking. Trademarks are fundamentally badges of trade origin. It's always good to go back to basics when you're considering trademark law before things get more complicated. Now, although UK and indeed EU trademark law holds that all trademarks are equal, it has also been held that the public find it easier to differentiate undertakings by the use of conventional trademarks such as words or logos than less conventional trademarks such as colours or shapes. What relevance does this have to our discussion? Well, you've mentioned the Louis Vuitton checkerboard uh, textile designs, the typical example, Rebecca, of where the fashion product 
is the fashion brand and where the fashion brand is the fashion product. It is not a conventional trademark. People buy the product for the checkerboard design itself, but does it act as a trademark in itself? Do people differentiate the product by way of the Louis Vuitton wordmark or the LV logo on the packaging in which the product is sold? Do these conventional signs regulate the checkerboard design solely by being the product itself, or can such a sign act as a badge of trade origin? Have there been any decisions on the Louis Vuitton checkerboard design in this area of trademarks, Rebecca? Well, it is good you mentioned the Louis Vuitton checkerboard design, and it was obviously a pure coincidence, as there has indeed been a number of decisions on this design itself in various colours, before the EU courts and on whether it acts as a trademark and generally Louis Vuitton have been unsuccessful in their defences of this design. Before I discuss the Louis Vuitton cases in more detail it's probably best I delve into and explain how the EU and UK courts consider the registrability of non-unconventional trademarks such as the checkerboard design. You have already mentioned that the EU courts have held that it is harder from consumers to differentiate products carrying signs of this nature than compared to more conventional trademarks such as word and logo marks. However, a trademark of this nature can in theory be deemed inherently distinctive and thus registrable as a trademark if it differs, in the words of the EU courts, significantly for the norm in the industry. Now, most signs of this nature don't do that. Thus, one has to rely on proving that such a sign has become distinctive through use, otherwise known as acquired distinctiveness. In 2008, Louis Vuitton succeeded in registering a blue and beige version of its checkerboard design as an EU designation under an international trademark registration for goods in Class 18, such as bags. However, in 2016, the cancellation division of the EUIPO upheld an invalidity action on the basis that the trademark was inherently non-distinctive and that the evidence of use submitted by Louis Vuitton was not sufficient to show the trademark had become distinctive through use. This decision was upheld on appeal before the second Board of Appeal of the EUIPO in 2018. However, The saga continues. In 2020, at the General Court of the EU, Louis Vuitton were more successful in defending an EU trademark registration for the checkerboard design. Although the court did not find the design differed significantly enough from a traditional chessboard design to be held inherently distinctive, the court held that the Board of Appeal had not assessed the evidence of acquired distinctiveness correctly and they therefore referred the matter back down to the Board of Appeal. Although crucially it made no comment on whether the evidence of acquired distinctiveness was sufficient or not, it just said that the assessment was wrong. Now the problem for Louis Vuitton is that in a decision dated 10th of March 2021, which doesn't seem to have been widely reported, The Board of Appeal found that Louis Vuitton's evidence was not sufficient to show that the design had become distinctive through use in Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia, Slovakia, Slovenia and Bulgaria, and thus the designation should be declared invalid. I don't know if this decision has been appealed further by Louis Vuitton at this stage. So I've explained the trials and tribulations of Louis Vuitton trying to register its checkerboard design as a trademark, but why would a fashion brand 
want trademark protection over design protection for such a sign, Lee? Well, design protection by definition is limited in time. Trademark protection can in theory be indefinite if maintained and the trademark renewal fees paid on any trademark registrations obtained. UK and EU registered design protection can last up to 25 years. But in the UK, uh, UK design protection for a shape or configuration of a product lasts only 10 years in, in relation to unregistered design right from the first marketing. And in the UK and EU, unregistered design right protection for other forms of designs actually lasts much less, uh, only three years. So, for example, in the EU, uh, unregistered design protection for a typical fashion design of any nature, um, as I said, the design protection is only three years from first marketing. And arguably, if not marketed for the first time in the EU, you have no protection whatsoever, which is important for people based in the US and beyond. Interestingly, in the past, the Louis Vuitton checkerboard design has not been held as a configuration of a product in relation to design protection. If you can register such a design as a trademark, it can therefore last forever. Also, signs of this nature tend to be the crown jewels of a fashion brand. They are often the leading product by sales and at least are a signature product. So why not register it? However, some recent changes in the EU trademark regulation and by definition, the UK Trademarks Act pre-Brexit may have made it even harder to register signs of this nature, Rebecca. Yes, it's always been relatively hard to register shape marks before the UK IPO and the EU IPO, because in addition to the standard grounds of objections and refusals, such as lack of distinctiveness and descriptiveness, shape trademarks are also prohibited from registration if... One, they result from the nature of the goods themselves, or B, necessary to obtain a technical result, and three, give substantial value to the goods themselves. Indeed, in a case of a trademark registration I defended in relation to a well-known trademark, we defeated a basis of cancellation on the aforementioned grounds by successfully arguing the registration issue was for a trademark which did not exclusively consist of a shape. However, as a result of a new EU trademark directive inserted into the UK Trademarks Act on the 14th of January 2019, these exclusions have been expanded out from shapes to so-called other characteristics. Now the question is, what are these other characteristics? Why are these provisions important for trademarks of the nature we've discussed here? Well, by definition, they are the products themselves, so arguably fall within the exclusions I gave above. Indeed, in a case before the Dutch courts, decided before the changes mentioned came into effect, a Dutch shoe retailer, Van Haren, argued that a trademark registration of the Christian Louboutin Red Sole was a registration of a shape trademark, and thus it should be cancelled. Ultimately, Van Haren failed, But its argument shows the attractiveness of this type of attack on a trademark registration of this nature and for the trademarks we have discussed here. So what are the takeaways from this discussion, Rebecca? Well, trademarks which are the product and the product is the trademark are not unusual in the fashion market. Furthermore, they can often be the crown jewels for a fashion brand owner. However, 
they are very difficult to register and defend as trademarks as the trials and tribulations of Louis Vuitton and its arguably very well-known checkerboard design show. Yes, these designs can be the subject of design protection, but that by definition is limited in time. If you can register these signs as trademarks, then you should try to do so. However, the key seems to be the formulation of very strong and wide-ranging evidence of use, both from a geographic perspective and showing the sign acting as a trademark. And indeed, recent changes to EU trademark regulation and the UK Trademarks Act may have made the defence of such trademark registrations even harder in practice. We hope you've enjoyed our third Fashionably IP podcast and more will follow in the months to come. Please feel free to share this podcast with others and rate the podcast on the platform you are using and hopefully positively. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.